Let me give you a snapshot. Let's say it's Friday night. Friday night, 6.15, heart prep. That's when it really begins. If you walk in early and you think, well, I'm just going to go get a chair, you, you won't because we'll be in the foyer praying. After prayer, the doors will be open. After that, we'll go at 7.07. We'll begin the gathering and worship. I encourage you to come in to worship God with all of your heart, not spectate. And then after worship, one of the ministers at each one of the gatherings will share uh, like a compact sermon, like 20 minutes, whatever God's put up on their heart. And then after the sermon, we're going to have all three of the different ministers up here to be led by the Holy Spirit, that God would speak to and through them in the areas of word of knowledge, wisdom, prophecy, whatever God would have. I want to, to give you that snapshot because about a third of you or more have not been to it, and I want you to kind of feel for what it looks like. Now we're going to dive into the word because Paul was very, very intentional that he wanted his church to know about spiritual gifts about these different things that you're going to experience. First of all, you can experience them any day at Heart of the City Church. We're open to the move of the Holy Spirit. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to say, the Lordship of Jesus Christ, God sets in heaven. The Bible talks about in Psalms, and he can do whatever he wants to do. So we don't put him in a puny box. I want to read something. Paul had a passion about this, and I have a passion about it, about people knowing about the things of God, spiritual gifts, move of the Holy Spirit, the power of God. And I want to begin with 1 Corinthians 12, 1. He says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, look at your, your, your neighbor right there and just go like, just look at him and go, brethren. Good, 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 good. Brethren. I, Paul says this, I do not want you to be ignorant. No one wants to be ignorant, amen? Ignorant means basically this, it's just you don't know. There's many, probably different churches that don't preach these things, and, and I'm, all, I'm all for any pre God-preaching church. I'm just passionate about this because of, uh, of what God has done in my heart in the area of, of baptism of the Holy Spirit and how he wants to move and so forth and so on. And so today, I just want to share my heart with you and the scriptures in this area. And then he goes on. Don't be ignorant. God wants you to know about the things of him, about spiritual gifts, about his power, about the Holy Spirit, about what he wants to do in lives today. And then he gives some instruction in the same chapter, 4 through 10. I'm just going to read it. Not J-O words, but God's word through a writer, Paul, yet we know the author is God. Every word is inspired by God. Therefore, I'm sorry, back up. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Would you say that with me, spirit? The same spirit. Because you even see something, there's something God's always intertwining with Scripture and whatever. You're going to see the Trinity right here, in the, right here in this chapter. It goes on, there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. Will you say Lord with me? Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but the same God. Say that with me, God. 
right from the very beginning. Paul's talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but he also in, intertwines the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He says the same God who works all in all. Look at this. This is a very important part. But the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. God wants you to be built up. He wants you to be encouraged. The gifts of the Holy Spirit is not for the person who's carrying the gift. The gifts of the Holy Spirit is for you, to encourage you. Your gifts is to encourage other people. He wants you to profit from the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the things that he wants to do even this week and next week. He goes on to say, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. You may see any and all of those things happen at any time at Harvest City Church. You may very well see them next weekend. Because we're very intentional about the sound. Why the sound? Hearing the sound above all sounds. Hearing the voice of God. His sheep hear his voice and knows it. God uses man. God doesn't need any man, but he puts us on his team and he uses men. He uses women. He's going to use these folks next week. They're precious people. I know them. They're wonderful people. I've known them for years. If you have not been taught about the gifts, or you have been taught that they have stopped, if they have ceased, there's a, there's a fancy word for a word called cease. It's called cessationist. If I believe that they have ceased, I'd be a cessationist. Join with a group of cessationism or cessationism. And the point is this, everyone say cease. That's the point, is that they've ceased. I got news for you, they haven't ceased. I got news for you, listen to me real, real clear. That's an error teaching. Paul didn't teach it, the apostles didn't teach it, Jesus didn't teach it. It is not written. It yanks the power of God right out of the church. It yanks the power and the giftings of God right out of our hearts and out of our lives. It is an air teaching. I do not stand behind it. Am I passionate about it? You dang straight right I am. Why? Because God wants you to be locked and loaded. He wants you to be armed and dangerous. He wants you to be lethal weapons. Hell is releasing everything. You need to be armed and dangerous with all that God has for you. Jesus said, well, it said this about Jesus, Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus is, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, oh, oh but wait a minute, J.O., that just, oh, oh, that, but, but he's the same yesterday, today, forever. except for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, except for the power, except for healing, except for signs and wonders, except for, right, where are you going to draw the line? Forget all that. He is the same yesterday, today, forever. 
Period. Period. I say, let the lion out of the cage and roar. Jesus is the lion and the lamb. He wants to roar in his church. And I say, let him roar. Let him have his way in his church. It's not my church. It's his church. Have your way in heart of the city church. Let our hearts burn for you and your way, your words, passion for you. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. If it ceased, how in the world will that ever take place? Because it hasn't ceased. Some things, can, I use, can everybody on the front row be aware right now? Thank you. Back. Good catch. Jonesy's not there, right? Good. <laughs> Wonderful. Things sometimes are better caught than taught. If you don't catch next weekend, it will hit you. It will hit you just like that. It's better to catch it. I can do my best to teach today, and I will. I'll sit down with anyone. Gifts of the Holy Spirit, the Word, it's all over the Bible. But sometimes, something spiritually is better caught because you can't catch it carnally or with your flesh. It's with the Spirit man because it's of the Spirit. You know, the Bible, Paul speaks of that. You, you, you should read it. It's wonderful. I, I want to talk to you just a little. Just go back into Old Testament for me. How many of you know the story of Joseph? How many of you know the story of Joseph? What a beautiful story. Beautiful story. I don't have time to go into the whole story of Joseph, but I want you to see something. The Bible, you know, people call him the dreamer. And he was a dreamer, but he did more so interpret dreams than dream. I mean, he interpreted dreams. That's a gift in itself. That's a powerful gift to interpret dreams. Nobody in Egypt could interpret the king's dream. He had interpreted the baker and the butler in prison because he was in prison because somebody accused him of kind of rape. He was all jacked up in jail. He interpreted a baker and butler's uh, uh, in, uh, uh, one, one probably really appreciated the other one didn't because he got his head cut on Bursey and his back. But the butler got set free. If you don't know the stories, I'm sorry, I don't, that's not what I'm preaching on today. Go back and read the story, it's powerful. But the butler got set free. And guess what? The butler forgot him in jail. And so one day the king has this amazing, kind of strange dream about seven fat cows and then seven skinny cows eating the fat cows and then stocks, fat stocks, skinny stocks. And he's like, what is this? And then the butler remembered, oh. I've sinned, man. I forgot about that dude. <laughs> Joseph comes out and he interprets the dream. And I understand that it is an absolute, absolute interpretation. But in it, it, it appears to have this amazing knowledge and then a word of wisdom. The knowledge was the interpretation. Here's the power of the interpretation. Oh, it's going to be, you're going to have seven 
wonderful years. Everyone say insurance man. Everyone say Allstate. Everyone say Farm Bureau. Whatever your insurance is, right? Joseph is like the insurance company. He's like the first insurance man. And he says, you're going to have seven great years. But then you're going to have seven years of famine. Everyone say knowledge. He gives him amazing knowledge. And then Joseph, as it were, like gives him a word of wisdom. And I want to read the word of wisdom to you. It's going to be on the screen. It says this. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and take one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years. What? Gosh, this is so beautiful. Old Testament. And let them gather all the food of these good years and, that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities and let them keep it. That food shall be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are to occur in the land of Egypt so that the land may not perish through the famine. Wow. Seven good years, seven bad years. That's exactly what took place. That word, that knowledge that he interpreted that dream, and then that word of wisdom saved probably thousands of people's lives, Egypt and all the surrounding area, uh, because of this gift that Joseph had. And the, the king was not a, he wasn't a dummy, because <laughs> Joseph's giving him a word of wisdom, put a guy over this, da-da-da, and the king looks at him and goes, hey man, ain't nobody like you in the land, brother, you are the guy. You are the guy. And think about that for a minute. Joseph had been in jail. He was sold into slavery. And now he's not even an Egyptian. And God makes him that guy. And he becomes the governor of Egypt. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. It's amazing what gifts of God will do and who it will bring you in front of. And what it will do. Let me tell you what that gift. That gift preserved life. That gift saved people's lives. Think about that. Thousands of people were saved because Joseph had this gift. And God, he, he even said it, God will interpret it. But how many of you know that God uses man? And then there was a woman at a well. Jesus goes to this well. He says, I, I got to go through Samaria. That wasn't normal. It wasn't normal for a Jew to go through Samaria. I got to go to Samaria. I got to go. He's at the well, and the woman comes to the well, begins this conversation, and then Jesus drops a word of knowledge upon this lady. Jesus operating in the gift. He is the gift, and he's operating in the gifts. And look what he says. He says, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. It's a setup. Go call your husband and come here. It's a setup. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, word of knowledge, you have said, well, I have no husband, for you have had five. And the one, you're, uh, the one whom you have now is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. He gave this woman a word of knowledge. Probably the deepest, most darkest, hurting spot in this woman's life. She done been through five divorces or five widows, whatever she, whatever's happened to her, she doesn't have five. Now she's living with the dude, and Jesus goes in. That's what a word of knowledge does. It goes right in there 
A word of knowledge is knowledge that only Holy Ghost has. Someone speaking knowledge to you individually. You may know it, and maybe your husband knows it, or some a few people, but generally speaking, no one knows, and God knows because he wants to get your attention. He wants to bring great healing to that. He wants that word to produce fruit in your life. He wants that word that you will run with it, just like Joseph ran. Just, you know what the woman with the Samaria did? This word impacted her so much. This is what she did. She went to Samaria and began just like preaching, and she says this right here, come see a man who told me all the things I've ever did. Could this be the Christ? Now, you and I both know that Jesus didn't tell her everything she ever did. Jesus just spoke to the most hurting spot in her life that really impacted her. And all of a sudden, man, she goes and she's preaching and people are getting saved in Samaria. Jesus comes out there and more people are getting saved. There's revival in Samaria. And people's life are saved and people's life are preserved because of that word of knowledge and because of Joseph's word of wisdom. People's life. Listen, when God gives you a word, it's not just for you. God wants you to be, he wants to use you in order to touch other people's life. He wants to preserve people's lives through you. He wants to save people's life through you. Yeah. It's not for you to go, I got a word, I got a word, I got a word. I... What? When, when, when Joseph got a word, that word tested him until it came to pass. So, 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 be careful with your skipping. He got a word and then Sold to slavery? Kicked, booted by his brothers? In a pit? Pulled out of the pit? Sold into slavery? Went to the, uh, the leader's house? All of a sudden, she, she, his, his, his boss's wife has eyes for him, just like, woo, 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 woo. She won't, he won't sleep with her, but, oh man, it's a, it's a long story. He's in jail. He becomes the governor. There was a long time before he became governor, like 17 or more years. The word of the Lord tested him until it came to pass. So it's wonderful to get a word. Now, let me say something else about the woman at the well. Don't you know that many people probably came to that well throughout the day? Many people. How many people did Jesus talk to? How many people got a word of knowledge? Everyone say one. One. Everybody in the back, say one. Everybody on their phones, say one. Everyone Facebooking over here, say one. Why do you say that, J.O.? Because everybody in this room is not going to get a word. You're just not. Not unless those prophets do something that I, I ain't seen people do for a long time, just line you up and get everybody a word. Listen, you won't get, everybody won't get a word. But even in the midst of not getting a specific word directly from you, this is going to be a prophetic atmosphere. And I'm going to tell you right now, have ears to hear, hearts to receive, because God wants to speak to every one of you. It may not be like this. Josh, thus says the Lord. It may not look like that right there. Hey, hey, I got it. No, but you, God wants to speak to you. He want, let me tell you, I was talking to Ben Taves the other day, and he says, J.O., Last year during the sound, I didn't get a specific word spoke to me, 
but God spoke to me during the sound and gave me a scripture. I knew it was for me. The scripture was out of Hebrews. It was Hebrews, and he, he said, he, he said that, that word was directed to me, and it really impacted my life. That, that word was Hebrews 10, 39, don't draw back, and it was, I asked him if I could use that because I thought it was just a beautiful example of not getting a word specifically to you, but in that prophetic atmosphere, God speaking to you individually. That's why, don't come in as a spectator. Come in ready to receive. Come in ready to hear. Are you with me? So I want to share a few positions or I want you to come in with an attitude next week say that with me attitude I give you permission to come in with an attitude but I want you to have this type of attitude say this with me bless them get your eyes off of you get your eyes on others bless them say, say it with me bless them Oh, bless that sister. I hope she, I hope he gets a word. I hope that family, shit, that, that, that family, all that couple needs one. Bless them, God. 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 Get your eyes off of you and on everyone. Bless them, God. Hey, if God gives me a word, I'll receive it. Praise the Lord. If I don't get a, re a word, I'm 100% good. I'm so excited for what God's going to do in and through your lives. Say this with me, bless them. Philippians 2, 4. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. How about you come to Seek Week and man, we're pressing, we're leaning into God, we're seeking his face, we're crying out. To, and, and by the time of the sound, you're so full of Jesus, you're like, bless them, God. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Bless them. One half scripture before that one, it says this. But in the lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. What if you just like, hey, hey, <laughs> I, I hope that you're blessed. I hope you get a word. I hope God speaks to you. That sounds to me like Christ-likeness. To me, that sounds like Jesus. Are you with me? You want an attitude? Come with that attitude. By the way, you, you already have a word. It's called the Bible. It's alive, it's living, sharper than any two-edged sword. Speaks. Word of God speaks. It speaks. He's speaking. Here's the next attitude I want you to come with. Expectancy. Well, J.L., do we expect or don't we don't expect? Yeah, I want you to come expectancy. Come with great expectation. Expectancy. But let it be expectancy of the spirit and not of the flesh. Hear that real clear. Of the, of the spirit and not of the flesh. God loves expectancy. It's hope. 
So listen, l- 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 listen to the scripture, uh, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of, not thing, uh, evidence of things not seen. That word hoped right there is expectancy. What is expect? That's a cool word, Jeff. What's expectancy? What does it look like? This is what it looks like. You're seven years old, and it's Christmas Eve, and you know Santa Claus is coming. And you're like, Mom and Dad, get, get, get the milk and cookies out right there. I've already, met, I've already shook the bags. I know Santa Claus brings some more. I can't wait till in the morning to open up them gifts right there. I, I'm, I have such great expectancy. Or like a, a groom at the altar. That music's about to start. He's never even kissed her before. Opens the door. There she is. His draw drops down into his drawers. He's like. Expectancy. Come with that type of expectancy. Come. Well, Jay, I just ain't, I just ain't really that. I, 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 I don't know. Hey, why do you think we praying and fasting? If you haven't started fasting yet, you can start. It's easy. Just start today. There's something about when you get hungry, physically, that it, it impacts you spiritually. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled. Man, I tell you what, come in like hungry as a wolf next week. Because God will fill you. He will fill you. Expectancy. Say that with me. Expectancy. God wants us to come in with this great expectancy. Here's another attitude I encourage you to come in. We sang about her earlier, the woman with the alabaster. I love that story because that woman right there, she didn't come to see Peter. She didn't come to see Andrew. She didn't come to see Matthew. She came to see Jesus. She, she came in with this type of attitude. I'm coming in with my very best. I'm bringing my alabaster, all that I have. I'm going to break it. She broke it. Yes, when you break something, you don't put nothing back in it. It's all out there. She lets down her glory, her hair, starts kissing his feet, washing his feet. Come on, somebody. And then she got forgiven. She got filled up with God. I'm telling you, come in like the woman with the alabaster. Put your eyes on him. I got my little game up here. It's called Churchopoly. <laughs> Gonna roll the dice, play a little church. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna go to Easter. I ain't gonna go to church any other time, but I'm gonna go to Easter. Oh, go to Christmas gathering. Oh, I might, you might see me twice a year. CEO, you know, Christmas, Easter, and occasionally. Oh, look at that right there. We're going to go to the sound. Won't see me again for another year. But I go to the sound. Oh, I just got out of jail. I better go to church. 
know what I think the Lord says in 2020? Quit playing church. Throw your churchopoly away. Jesus is 24-7. He's Jesus Lord in the morning. He's Jesus Tuesday, Thursday, Friday night, Saturday night. He's Jesus, come on, 24-7. Quit playing a little religion. You just get a little shot of religion. Oh, oh, I'm good. You need a shot of the Holy Ghost. What? Three stirrings. First stirring, stir stir to seek him this week. I kind of hate to put it that way because you're like, oh, I'll seek him for a week, but I ain't going to seek him the rest of the year. You know my heart. That we seek him daily. But we're intentional this week at Seek Week. Stir to seek him. How many of you know that God is a rewarder? I'm going to mess with your theology just for a second. People are like, oh, no, no. I, I just, I don't have to do nothing. No, you don't got to do anything. You're saved by grace. It's a free gift. But I tell you right now, he is a rewarder. What do you think's going on with the with the the the, the 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 talents? One got one talent, one got two talents, one got five talents. They, they, he gave them according to their abilities. One doubled, another doubled, the other one was so scared he went and buried it. Guess what God does? He takes it, he's a rewarder. He takes the one tab- talent and gives it to the five. And this is all talking about money. Okay? Talent. He's a rewarder. Let me show you what he's a rewarder of. Be very clear. Do not mistake. God is a rewarder. This is what he says in Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. Uh-oh. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Every one of you have a measure of faith. Let's just say your talent is a measure of faith. Some of you got a talent of five, two, and one. Take your faith. Don't bury it. Multiply it. Come on, pray and move your feet. Come on, Seth. Pray and move your feet. Come on, God wants you. Listen, he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. Do not be deceived. I find stirring myself is sometimes uncomfortable. How about if God wants to make you a little, we all about comfort. In it. Oh, I got my comfy chair. This is the most comfortable couch. I want to go to the movies with a recliner, kickback, comfort. We all about, we about comfort. Comfort. I like comfort. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be, I like comfort right there. I like comfort. But you think I go to the gym to get comfortable? I'm going to go to the gym today, and I'm just going to get comfortable. I'm going to sit on the bench right here. Get out of the way. I just want to come to, I want to go to the gym to get comfy. I don't go to the gym to get comfortable. I go to the gym to get uncomfortable. Stirring yourself is sometimes uncomfortable. Sometimes come to seek week might be a little bit of uncomfortable or sound next week or what have you. Come on. It's not, Jesus is not all about comfy. Are you following me? What if God wanted to make you uncomfortable for 2020 or parts of it? Would you give him permission to do that? 
He is a rewarder of those who seek him. Here's the next stir. Stir yourself in worship. If this has been you in worship, I'm not, I'm not beating up on you. Maybe a little bit, not too bad. Maybe just a little bit. I don't want to lie. Might be beating up on you a little bit. If this has been you in worship, then pull out your keys and shake them or something. <laughs> Rattle them for Jesus. If this has been you in, you know, in worship, maybe lift the freezer in your worship or something. I don't know. Do something. Worship him. Come in with hearts of praise, hearts of worship, past the courts, into the holy of holies. Give him the glory that's due his name. Put your worship, put your high praise on. Come on, let's come and stir yourself for worship. He is worthy. Worthy is the Lord. Holy is the Lamb that was slain. Holiness to the Lord. Worship Him. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make His boast in the Lord. The humble of it shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. Worship. And the last stirring is this. Stir the fire that once was in your heart. Heart of the city church, I declare we're hearts of fire. Hearts of fire. Not cold hearts. Not chilled hearts. Not lukewarm hearts. We're hearts of fire. That day that you got born again and all of a sudden you knew that your sins were forgiven and you were no more guilt, no more shame. He lifted the weight, the fire that was in your heart. Stir the fire in your heart. Stir the fire in your heart once again. Listen to this beautiful scripture about fire. Leviticus 6, 12 through 13. The fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not go out. The priests shall burn wood on it every morning. Somebody say every morning. Every morning. Every morning. He shall arrange the burnt offering on it, and it shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings. Fire shall be kept burning on the altar continually. It shall not go out. Don't let it go out. Don't let it just like kind of little smoke, little ash, little coals. Stir the fire. Stir the fire. Come in this week. Stir to seek him. Come in. Stir to worship him. Stir the fire in your heart again. Amen. 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 Stir the fire.